Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. This is ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Thursday, June 10th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Check out the daily article every day over at ATS.io. My thoughts on the card, picks, predictions, analysis. Even if I don't have a pick on a game, we'll talk about most of the games and kind of give you some direction if that's a game that you like or give you some nuggets that we can possibly use in future handicaps. So I would encourage you to check that out over at the website, or you can check it out in the ATS app, which you can download from the Google Play Store or from the Apple Store. It's a bet tracker, an odd screen, a stats database, full article integration from the website. Very, very helpful and useful tool. Also the exclusive home of tracking my picks from the daily article. You can follow me in the app under the name Skating Tripods, but it's a very powerful betting resource for you to have right there at your fingertips. So download that ATS app today. Not just doing baseball over at the website. Got a UFC 263 preview up for you. I do golf previews every week, NASCAR previews as well. Although this week, the all-star race is down in Texas. We got picks and predictions across the NBA and NHL playoffs, WNBA stuff as well. Additional MLB content from our writers over at the website. So lots of stuff happening over there for you to check out. And also some really good offers from our sportsbook partners. We are an affiliate of a lot of the sportsbooks out there. Bet $5, win $150 over at FanDuel. If you sign up for a new account and pick the correct fighter between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori in that main event at UFC 263. Another option, bet $1, win $100 over at DraftKings. If you pick the winner of that UFC 263 main event. So you read all about those over at ATS.io. Better's Box on Mondays and Thursdays. Brian Blessing on Tuesdays. We talked NHL playoffs. We talked Palmetto Championship. We usually talk NASCAR as well when we've got a full regular points race. So make sure you check out all of our shows here on ATS Radio. Format for today's show will be to go beyond the box score, take a look down the lines, give you a pick for tonight's action, and then preview of the weekend ahead. But before I get into that, This is my show. This is my soapbox. This is my platform. So first, a rant about what's happening right now in Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball is effectively cannibalizing itself right now. You know, you become very disenfranchised to the casual fan. You know, the betters and the diehards and all of that, they're still going to be around. But what you need as a league is the casual fan the casual observer, somebody who's going to decide, you know, on a whim to buy tickets, take the family down to a game, something like that, or just kind of watch a game after work, put your feet up with a beer, something like that. Well, right now, Major League Baseball going up against the NBA and NHL playoffs, which would be in the finals in a traditional calendar year. But of course, with COVID and delays and all of that, you know, we're only in the second round for both the NBA and the NHL playoffs. So baseball's taking a backseat to that. We've got some pretty big golf events. Baseball may have even taken a backseat to that as well. And they are ruining the product. I mean, look, the changes that they've made to the baseball this season and even last season to effectively eradicate offense makes no sense to me. And I understand that maybe, you know, pitchers were kind of upset that the ball was so jumpy in 2019 and all of that. But fans want to see home runs. You know, they, they want to see the personalities on display with all of these good young hitters that are around the league. And 
what Major League Baseball has done, fundamentally changing the game year in and year out, it's really not going to get them any sort of goodwill with the fans. I mean, there's no goodwill towards the owners to begin with. You know, obviously a lot of people with their thoughts on billionaire owners and all of that. And I'm not going to get too deep into that discussion here during this rant, but they're tinkering with the game in the middle of a season. And that pisses everybody off. It pisses the players off. It pisses the owners off. It pisses off the fans. Everybody is upset about what is happening here in Major League Baseball. And now that you're trying to uncover all of this cheating, quote unquote, with the banned substances and all of that, that's the narrative out there now in the mainstream media and in the general public about Major League Baseball is that, well, who gives a shit? Everybody's cheating. You know, whether it's team stealing signs or, you know, using the new technology to steal signs, whatever the case may be. And then now, oh, well, all the pitchers are cheating. They're all using something on the baseball. And this is a sport that has never really done well from an optics standpoint. You know, ever since everything came to light with the steroid era and all of that, Major League Baseball has been trying to redeem itself, trying to create goodwill between itself and the fan base. This just ain't it, man. And now, you know, now you start doing this and trying to expose the pitchers, putting substances on the baseball and all of that. You wind up pitting players against each other. You wind up with this internal battle of the batters versus the pitchers. And maybe that's what Major League Baseball wants because we've got the CBA negotiations coming up and those are going to be ugly. And I'll get back to that in a second. But you think about Pete Alonso's comments yesterday, and Pete Alonso has been a guy who's been very vocal about a lot of different topics you know, throughout his Mets career, whether it's you know related to the game or not. You know, he's gotten emotional talking about some things off the field and all these different kinds of things. You know, put on a great show in the home run derby a couple of years ago. Alonso's become sort of a quasi face for baseball, a quasi voice for baseball, especially there in a big market like the New York City market. And what Alonso said, if you missed this, is that he basically said that that Major League Baseball is tinkering with the baseball, changing the baseball based on the free agent class that's out there. So he talked about how in 2019, there were a lot of prominent pitchers that were going out into the open market. So baseball gets this spring-loaded ball, the juiced ball, where a lot of pitchers wind up having difficult seasons and hitters wind up doing very well. Then Alonso basically went on to say, look, there are a lot of position players that are going to be free agents here this season. I've talked about, for example, the trio of guys from the Chicago Cubs, Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo. There are some other guys out there that are impending free agents here, and now the ball is deadened. And so Alonso basically saying that MLB is weaponizing the baseball against player salaries. And it got a lot of run in social media circles on uh, on Wednesday, and deservedly so. I mean, it's a big claim to make. And the insinuation from Alonso was that a lot of players feel the same way. And when you see comments like that, and maybe a lot of guys are thinking it, but you know, not many of them have been able to say it. When you see comments like that, and you think about what's coming up here at the end of the season with these CBA negotiations, a labor stoppage feels inevitable. A strike feels like it's absolutely going to happen here. I mean, the players kind of conceded last year, you know, to play the 60-game sample and all of that. Players have gotten screwed for the last several years 
in terms of arbitration, service time manipulation, you know, free agency kind of being up and down, all those different types of things to where I think the players are very upset and the players really have a strong case in a lot of ways here with the big TV deals that Major League Baseball has and all of that. So the players have a lot of legs to stand on here. As these CBA negotiations start coming together, the problem is that Tony Clark and the MLBPA has been very weak. And I think the players are going to be a lot more vocal here this time around, especially because you've got you know a young crop of really good players where a lot of these guys are hitting arbitration, are hitting free agency at younger ages than what we've typically seen. So you're going to have that between the players and the owners, but now you also have players taking shots at Major League Baseball. And so a labor stoppage really truly does feel inevitable to me. And I will say this, and you've probably heard this in my voice or in some of my rants here throughout uh, the season so far or in what I've written over at ATS.io. It is becoming very hard to be a Major League Baseball fan. You know, every day you see something about the game that you don't like. You know, you you see something about changes to the game that you don't like. And I'm not going to sit here and take the side of players or owners. You know, the market kind of is what it is in Major League Baseball. And I know a lot of people are very sympathetic to the players' positions. And that will make these CBA negotiations that much uglier, especially because people are going to sit there and say, well, I don't want to support these billionaire owners or these billionaire companies, or or whatever else. So it's going to be very ugly. But it's becoming hard to be a fan because they are continuously changing the game in a negative way. And and there's just so much negativity and and so much of a, you know, us versus them kind of mentality across all of Major League Baseball at all levels that it's hard to enjoy the game. And it's, it's been hard to enjoy betting on the game so far this season. And sure, if things were going differently with the picks, maybe I would have a little bit of a different view on betting the game. But the reality is that, you know, there's there's a lot going on here. And a lot of things are being pulled in different directions. And we don't have a rising tide to lift all boats right now. It's become very challenging to watch this from the outside and you know, sort of tangentially be part of, uh, you know, Major League Baseball here, you know, in terms of my career and my livelihood but it's very hard to, to be a fan at this point in time. So with what's on the horizon and, and with what's happening here over the course of this season, you know, because what we're going to have happen is, you know, if, if Alonso's comments are true, right. And, and they've deadened the baseball, they're trying to actively suppress offense to suppress player salaries. Well, what's going to happen now when major league baseball you know, suspends a guy for cheating. 10 days without pay, a starter will miss two starts, relievers will miss, you know, maybe four to five appearances, something like that. What happens is these guys start getting suspended. What future ramifications are there on their ability to earn? Especially when you start talking about, as I've mentioned before, yeah, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer and these guys are, you know, kind of at the forefront of this substance and spin rate discussion. But What about the guys that are fringy types of players that are just trying to hang on? The guys that are fourth and fifth starters that have gotten better through the use of these substances, well, what happens to them? You know, those are guys that will end up, excuse me, having their salaries depressed if they get caught 
or even if they don't and they stop using those things and their production kind of levels off. So there's a lot happening right now in Major League Baseball and, and none of it's good. You know, the, the game is going in a very negative direction here. And, and Rob Manfred is at the root of that. To say the least, I don't like any of the things that he's tried to do here as the commissioner. Extra innings is a goddamn joke. Um, and I apologize for that. Sorry for, for the language there. But extra innings is, is a joke. It's pathetic. I hate it. I hate the format. I cannot stand it. It's a gimmick. It's bullshit. And we still don't have a universal DH. You know, offense being suppressed with the baseball, and they can't figure out that one league uses a DH and the other one doesn't, and the competitive imbalance that that could create. It's it's a mess. It's a disaster. And so it makes it very hard, you know, without the financial investment that I have in the game, to, to actually enjoy the game right now. And I don't think it gets any easier as these CBA talks are looming and as this inevitable labor stoppage, at least in my opinion, uh, will come to fruition. So just wanted to rant about that from a betting standpoint. I, it, you know, doesn't, I, I it, it has a, an impact, you know, I think in a lot of ways, not directly, not, you know, the information that you come to listen to this show to get, but, you know, just kind of the state of major league baseball right now as a whole, uh, it just, it, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all in a lot of ways here. All right, so we'll go ahead and go beyond the box score, and I'll update some numbers from Monday's show here where the full-season offensive numbers really haven't changed since we talked on Monday. The BABIP's gone up one point to 289, but the full season's still sitting 237, 312, 396 across the slash line, 24.1% strikeout rate, 8.9% walk rate. Now in the month of June, 245 batting average, 316 on base, 414 slugging percentage. So, Relative to the full season, eight-point increase in batting average, four-point non-base percentage, about a twenty or an eighteen-point uh, increase in slugging percentage here. But in the month of June, the strikeout rate down to twenty-three point six percent, walk rate sits at eight and a half percent, batting average on balls in play at two ninety-five. So we're still seeing a continuation of what we talked about on Monday, where K percentage is down a little bit, and it does look as though slugging percentage is up so maybe it's just the warmer weather maybe it's an influx of guys getting called up from the minor leagues guys on the il spot starters call-ups this and that but we've also seen fewer seven inning double headers of late compared to what we saw late in the month of may but also something else i think too and, and this is very important and this is something that may end up being a live betting angle here it feels like we're seeing more runs off of the bullpens right now And I didn't look this up. It's something I should have thought about, but didn't think about now until I started talking. Like I said, the starters are the guys in the spotlight with these spin rate decreases, the substances and all of that. But a lot of relievers use them as well. Relievers kind of need them. You know, a lot of two pitch guys, guys that don't really have, you know, maybe as much deception as some of the starters and all that kind of thing. Relievers will typically, you know, try to find any advantage that they can also pitching at high leverage you know, kind of more important to be able to grip the ball and all of that. So my guess is that as we go forward, we do see more offense off of the bullpens for this season. So that may be a live betting angle. Uh, Maybe you want to play more first fives as a result, something like that. You know, I lost a couple of games yesterday for the full game that I would have won for the first five. So maybe something that you want to consider, something that you want to think about a little bit here is that 
you know, this, the banned substance thing may have a much more significant impact on relievers than it might on starting pitchers. So that's something you may want to consider here where maybe you want to take some more first fives as opposed to full games, maybe kind of look to live bet some overs, something like that. That may be something that you want to think about. I ran through on Monday's show uh, the average spin rate on four-seam fastballs in the StatCast era. Just wanted to mention real quickly here that from Monday to Thursday here, the average spin rate has gone down one RPM around Major League Baseball. So down from 23.17 to 23.16, batting average still sitting at 250. But with the sample sizes that we're talking about, any decrease, even just one RPM across the board, is kind of interesting to me, especially because June 13th is the day where umpires are under a mandate to check baseballs throughout the game, check them at the end of innings during pitching changes. If they have some suspicions, they have allegedly carte blanche to start looking at what's going on with the pitchers here beginning on June 13th. So maybe we start to see games get a lot different at that point in time. I don't know. I don't know if players will take this more seriously. As I said, Major League Baseball needs to show some bite to go along with that bark. Otherwise, guys are going to say, F you, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. So we'll see what happens with that as we go forward. But June 13th is supposed to be a big day in terms of umpires actually you know, enforcing this policy a little bit more, checking more on the pitchers and all of that. We'll see how many managers try to incorporate this as an element of gamesmanship or what have you. So we'll see. June 13th you know, going to be a big day here in Major League Baseball. That is coming up here on Sunday, so we'll see if I have anything to talk about for Monday's show. Now, one thing I did prior to today's show here is I went through the Baseball Savant game feed and looked for guys that had spin rate decreases uh, over the last three days here. Now, I want to throw this out there first. It is very hard to tell by small sample sizes if this is a pitcher that has stopped using a substance or... If it's just, you know, a one-off game, environmental conditions are different in every ballpark. You know, there's different dew points, different humidities, different elevations. All these different types of things will factor into small one-game sample sizes. So this will be subject to a lot of variance. It could have something to do with injury. Maybe a pitcher a little bit more tired going on four days rest instead of five. Uh, Velocity will be a factor. You know, is the technology the same across the board where, yeah, everybody's using the same thing, but is it calibrated the same and all of that? So I think it's very hard to look at one game's worth of results and kind of definitively say, okay, this guy has stopped using something or, you know, this guy has continued to use something, something like that. So all I'm doing here, I'm not accusing any pitcher of anything. But I'm looking at some of the spin rate decreases that we saw over the last three days of games here. And I'm going to tell you how to look this up for yourself because I don't want to do this on every show because, again, like I said, there's going to be a lot of variance in these spin rate numbers just based on all of the factors I just mentioned. Environmental conditions, injury, velocity, you know, technology, uh, angles of where the technology is. Should be uniform across the board, but, you know, we don't know that for sure. We're kind of trying to take that for granted here. 
So just want to mention a few pitchers that I did notice some spin rate drops from. And again, I don't know if this is going to be across the board or not. I don't know if this will change for a guy's next start or not. But these numbers come from BaseballSavant.com. You go to the game feed section. You'd have to change the date if you're looking at a certain date. But you go into the player breakdowns tab. So once you go into the game feed and you select the game, you go to player breakdowns. And it will show you, you know, swings and misses for that start, velocity, spin rate, all those different kinds of things. So that's how you can look this up on your own. If you've got some suspicions, some pitchers that you think may fall into these groups, BaseballSavant.com, go to the game feed, go to player breakdowns, and it will show you all of the pitchers that pitched in that game. So you can look at both the starters as well as the relievers. So we start actually with a spin rate increase, and that's you, Darvish, who had his highest fastball spin rate of the season in yesterday's start against the Cubs. Two of the top three for him this season have been since this alleged memo circulated June 3rd and then yesterday, June 9th. So Darvish, if he's using something, doesn't seem to care. Darvish is a guy that's had a big spin rate increase within the last three seasons. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's done it organically. Maybe he hasn't, and he's just not worried about it. But Darvish's spin rates have increased here over his last few starts. So that may be something that you want to monitor with him. And also keep in mind that if he's doing this organically, well, he's probably going to wind up remaining pretty damn good. So that'll be something for you to follow along with here as we go forward. A spin rate decrease and also a velocity decrease, excuse me, for Dylan Bundy in Monday's start against the Royals. Now, Bundy wound up pitching fairly well in that game, but the spin rate decrease and a velocity decrease, two very concerning things. Now, first of all, it could be substance related. I don't think that it is. Bundy's been battling an ankle injury throughout the season here, and it may have just been one of those days where it bothered him more than others. Spin rate and velocity decreases in tandem are good indicators of injury signs, of injury red flags. Now, of course, they could also mean, based on this current MLB environment, the stoppage of using these illegal substances. But Bundy had spin rate decreases across the board on all of his pitches to go along with velocity decreases. So maybe he's hurt. Maybe he just you know wasn't himself in that start. Or potentially... Maybe he stopped using some kind of substance. So those are some things to follow along with Dylan Bundy here as we go forward. And as I said, relievers, very important to watch here. Jacob Barnes of the Mets, big spin rate decreases across the board for him. I believe that was in his appearance on Tuesday. Like I said, I think a lot of relievers are using stuff. I don't know if Jacob Barnes is. I don't know if Brandon Workman is, who had a velocity drop and a spin rate drop this week. Wandy Peralta for the Yankees back-to-back appearances for him with significant spin rate drops. So Tyler Matzik, another one for Atlanta, back-to-back appearances with spin rate drops. So I think a lot of relievers are guys that could get caught in the early going here as using these banned substances. I don't know if other teams will call them out on it, if the umpires will have to do it. Um, Maybe it's kind of a, you know, we're all going to band together here kind of mentality because we know our guys are doing it too. But I would anticipate that a lot of relievers are guys that go under the microscope here. And I just noticed over the last few days, Barnes, Workman, Peralta, Wandy Peralta, that is, and also Tyler Matzik 
some guys with some pretty big spin rate decreases uh, in their recent appearances. And of course, that could just be a fatigue factor too. You know, if you're working back-to-back days, three and four, something like that, your stuff's not going to be as sharp. So again, you just have to apply a lot of context to this. There are a lot of variables that come into play that, you know, I don't know if this is substance-related or if it's just, you know, environmental factors or whatever else. But I wanted to throw out some of these names so that you could look for them for yourselves. So starters so far, Darvish and Bundy. Another starter here, Tyler Anderson, and a very big drop for Tyler Anderson. Now, Tyler Anderson is a guy that was pitching in Colorado. Pitching in Colorado will hurt your spin rates. But Anderson is a guy that has had a pretty big jump in his fastball spin rate within the last three seasons. And again, it could just be getting out of Colorado, but, you know, it could have also been, he goes to the Giants, you know, they're kind of working on ways to increase spin and also the Pirates. They were fourth in average fastball spin rate when we talked about this on on Monday and decreases across the board for most of their pitchers on Tuesday and then Anderson on Wednesday. So I'm starting to put together enough context clues that I feel like the Pirates are a team kind of incorporating these substances to a fairly high degree. Again, maybe that's off base for me, but it is something that I would take a look at here. And with the fact that the Pirates aren't a very good pitching staff and aren't a good lineup at all to begin with, if they start seeing decreases in spin rate across the board, as the early indications seem to be, well, that's a team that's probably just going to get much, much worse. And we're already seeing a lot of money bet against or you know, coming in against them Uh, over the course of the season here, I don't think that that's going to change at any point in time. Casey Mize had a spin rate drop and a velocity decrease in yesterday's start. That concerns me. I was on Mize and the Tigers. They wound up having a walk-off home run robbed and then lost the game in extra innings. That may be worth following for a potential injury here for Casey Mize. So keep an eye on that. We'll see what his velocity and his spin rates look like in his next start next week, but that may be one to keep an eye on. Garrett Cole. His spin rates were not down as much yesterday, but he also threw harder than he has at any other point this season. So throwing harder would create a little bit more spin for him. So I don't know. We'll see. Garrett Cole, obviously a guy that a lot of people are watching very closely here. He may just decide to go ahead and throw harder, and maybe that's the thing that he wants to do. Something I noticed yesterday, James Karinchak of the Indians pitched in a mop-up inning, you know, just trying to get some work in for him. But a big spin rate decrease in that appearance for Karen Chak. And Karen Chak is a guy that the White Sox broadcast put on blast last week because they noticed, I think it was Steve Stone, noticed something in Karen Chak's glove, the way he was kind of rubbing his glove there. Karen Chak then with a big spin rate decrease for this last appearance. So maybe that's one that you want to focus in on. And of course, the bullpen, the biggest strength for the Indians at this point in time. So if Karinchak isn't going to be quite as effective, that's something that would make it very difficult to bet on full games for the Indians here as we go forward. A noticeable velocity drop for Griffin Canning yesterday. Spin rate down, velocity down. Pitched well, had 18 swings and misses, uh, but just something to keep an eye on there. But the fact that it was Canning and Bundy, both with these velocity and spin rate drops, makes me wonder if something was going on with the technology there at Angel Stadium. So I'll follow up on that one. But again, it's very hard to determine these things in a one or two game sample because of all the different factors that are out there. So I wanted to throw out some names on today's show, kind of give you some measure of direction 
and tell you how to do it by going to BaseballSavant.com, going to the game feed, and then looking at the player breakdowns once you get into the game feed for the individual games. And again, all of this listed in the notes, which you can get if you email me, skatingtripods at gmail.com to get your name, excuse me, on the list for the show notes. All right, so we go down the lines here, talk about some line moves from this past week. And you know, the markets look like they've been pretty sharp on totals moves. We've seen a lot of totals moves up or down a full run, and those seem to be cashing at a very high rate, and the half run moves cashing at a pretty high rate as well. So the markets, the modeling crowd, the quant crowd, the qualitative handicappers, everybody seems to be pretty in tune with totals so far this season. So if you're seeing a totals move, in particular one that's up or down a full run, those seem to be cashing at a very high rate here so far this season. Uh, we saw totals move on Walker Bueller and JT Brubaker, seven and a half up to eight and a half for that game between the Dodgers and the Pirates on Monday. That one fell in between. It actually fell on eight. But we also saw a big move in the Braves and Phillies total with Aaron Nola and Drew Smiley. That one went up and easily over the total there in that one. Saw some Sonny Gray and Reds money on Tuesday against Adrian Hauser and the Brewers. The Reds taking money at home. This is nothing new. We've talked about this a lot. It happens virtually every game that they play. So a lot of Reds money coming in in their home games. And also, subsequently, the Reds fade in their road games. I don't think that that's stopping here anytime soon. Saw some Marlins money on Tuesday heavily at that with Pablo Lopez up against Colorado and Antonio Senzatella. Rockies did win on the road on Wednesday. They're now 5-23 and uh, in their road games. So, again, seeing a Rockies fade on the road pretty regularly Dilson Lamette and Padres money came in on Tuesday and Zach Davies and the Cubs actually money on the Padres both Tuesday and Wednesday against the Cubs and the Cubs win both of those games including Arietta and Darvish on Wednesday the Padres just not hitting right now offense has been a problem for them all year long way too much talent to be this bad uh, but you know they're they are so we'll see if they can figure things out offensively as we go forward here Heavy Tigers money came in on Tuesday. That was Marco Gonzalez and Matt Boyd. Boyd and the Tigers, a winner there in that one. Houston flipped to a clear favorite. The modeling crowd loves Framber Valdez. Expect money to come in in Framber Valdez starts on the Astros. So that'll be something you want to try to get out in front of out there in the marketplace when he is the scheduled starter. Another total move here, Jordan Montgomery and Michael Pineda in this Yankees and Twins series. And A lot of runs so far, both of these totals getting bet up on Tuesday and Wednesday, and both of them going over the total. The Angels took money on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all three games of that series against the Royals, and they won all three of them. So the market correct on those. Not surprising to see a fade of Chris Bubik in the middle game. Uh, Bubik, a guy who is in line for some negative regression, to be sure. Uh, I thought that Brad Keller and the Royals were a little bit um, you know, underpriced on Wednesday. And of course they lose six to one in that one, but the angels taking money in all three games of that series. And lastly for Tuesday, a lot of Chris Bassett steam for Oakland against Arizona. Wednesday, there was some Zach F one money that hit the board that wound up a winner as the Phillies walked off the Braves, much to my chagrin Dodgers took money on Wednesday. That was Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson Gonsolin off the IL, Dodgers against the lefty, still got bet up, only won the game two to one. But as I said, keep an eye on Tyler Anderson there 
and those decreased spin rates. Reds took money again on Wednesday. The Tigers also took money again on Wednesday. A lot of fades of the Mariners out there in the marketplace. We've talked about them a lot here recently on the show where they are an overachiever based on those alternate standings metrics of third order win percentage, base runs, Pythagorean win loss, all of that. Not a surprise to see anti-Mariners money in the market against the Tigers. And we're actually seeing it pretty much every day here. As I mentioned, we had a fate of Randy Dobnak and some money on Garrett Cole on Wednesday. But the biggest thing for me was that totals move going up and the game easily going over the total. A little bit of a fate of Taiwan Walker and the Mets on Wednesday. And by the way, the Mets, despite all these dudes on the IL, I mean, their offense has been very, very good here of late. Maybe they've just kind of been beating up on some bad pitching, but a lot of these journeyman guys and call-ups and all that have been very effective for the Mets. The over money was right in that Walker and Matt Harvey game, but the fate of Taiwan Walker really hasn't worked. He still has one of the biggest Woba to ex-Woba differences on the negative regression side in baseball, but it just hasn't come to fruition yet, and people are losing a lot of money fading Taiwan Walker right now. Rays took some money. That was McClanahan and Corbin. Rays lost that game 9-7. to seven. But by the way, Patrick Corbin, only three swings and misses in that start for the Nationals. Uh, he does not look good at all, and I agree with fading him pretty much any time he's on the mound. The Cardinals took money with Adam Wainwright on the hill on Wednesday. They hung a big number on the Tribe and won that one against John Carlos Mejia and the Indians bullpen. Cardinals taking money at home, specifically in Wainwright starts, not a big surprise at all. Thursday, we're seeing some more Dodgers money. That's Julio Urias and Mitch Keller. Not as much steam on the Reds at home today. That's because Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers. Leads me to believe the Brewers probably the right side in that game. We'll see what happens in that one. The totals come down a full run in the Braves-Phillies matinee game between Ian Anderson and Zach Wheeler. And as I said, totals moves of that magnitude have been cashing at a pretty high rate here for this season. Nationals taking some money. That's Max Scherzer against the Giants and Anthony DiSclefani. Scherzer getting that ace treatment now, getting bet up pretty much every time he's on the mound. And based on what he's done so far, pretty hard to argue with that. And then lastly, the Tigers. Even though it's Tyler Alexander and a full-fledged bullpen day for Detroit, they are taking money today again against the Seattle Mariners and Justice Sheffield. Sheffield with some of those pretty big home road splits. As far as a pick for tonight, took the Astros over the Red Sox. It's the only thing I like on tonight's card. Fading Eduardo Rodriguez and the ugly command profile. Boston is 23rd in weighted on base average over the last two weeks. As they've faced better pitching, the Boston offense has really faltered quite a bit. So we'll take the Astros here today and bet on Zach Greinke's command profile against a pretty bad command profile to this point for Eduardo Rodriguez and a Houston offense that has pummeled lefties so far this season. All right, let's preview three series for the weekend. Not a whole lot of great series coming up this weekend, I don't think. But we start with the Cardinals and the Cubs. Johan Oviedo, Kyle Hendricks on Friday. John Gant to be determined on Saturday. Carlos Martinez and Zach Davies on Sunday. Not a lot of great starting pitching in this series. That will be Sunday night baseball with Martinez and Davies. The Cubs will go on the road and play the Mets. The Cardinals will host the Marlins. So not really a whole lot from a situational standpoint. But one thing I will say here is that the Cardinals are kind of in a tough way. I mean, offensively, they're doing okay. But Jack Flaherty's on the IL. 
Uh, the bullpen has, has not been particularly strong. The starting rotation is not very good without Flaherty. Miles Mikolas also out now as well. Uh, the Cubs are you know playing pretty well here against some pretty good teams. Uh, the Cubs may have a little bit more sustainability to them than I thought. Uh, maybe that bullpen is actually a little bit better. The offense has certainly been a nice surprise being a little bit better this season. I don't know. I, I think that we'll see Cubs money in all three games of this series here. Hendricks, I think the market's kind of coming around on, on Friday. We'll see the John Gant fade on Saturday. It almost doesn't matter who the Cubs are starting in that game. And then Carlos Martinez looks really, really bad too. Even with Zach Davies on the mound, I wouldn't be shocked to see some Cubs money on Sunday. So I do think the Cubs take money in all three of these games. If you are interested in betting them, I think I'd play them quickly with Hendricks on Friday. And we don't know who's pitching on Saturday yet, but we know that money will come in against John Gant. So you'll probably want to get out in front of that line move if you can help it. Blue Jays and Red Sox here. Ross Stripling, Garrett Richards, Steven Matz, Nick Pavetta, Robbie Ray, Martin Perez, and a wraparound series here that goes to Monday with Alec Manoa and Nate Eovaldi in that last game here on Monday. As I mentioned, the Red Sox nearing the bottom five in weighted on base average over the last two weeks. As they've faced better teams and better pitching, they've been shut down. But I think early on in this series here, Stripling Richards, Mats Pavetta, I think both of these have a chance at some runs in this series. Not really a big fan of either one of those four pitchers. I might have to come around a little bit on Robbie Ray, who's getting the Sunday start here for Toronto. He's just throwing fastballs and guys aren't hitting them. A lot of swings and misses in his start against Chicago. Had 13 strikeouts. Shutting down one of the top lineups in baseball against lefties. Very, very impressive there. Uh, Martin Perez, you know, kind of a tough guy to bet on or against. Uh, but you know, might have to come around on Robbie Ray. Uh, we'll see what he does in that Sunday start. But as I said, I think Friday and Saturday, games where we could see some runs here at Fenway Park because the Red Sox haven't really hit against the Astros, didn't really hit against the Dodgers or anything like that. But Stripling and Mats are, are not on the same level. So maybe the Boston offense gets healthy a little bit here for this weekend. Lastly, Mariners and Indians. And the reason I talk about this series is because I'm interested to see what the betting markets do with these two teams. Both of these teams with actual records better than where they should be based on base runs, third order win percentage, and Pythagorean win loss. So I want to know how the market handles this because the Indians will be a big favorite on Friday with Aaron Savale in the mound and a really big favorite on Sunday with Shane Bieber. Will there be any Seattle buyback to where, look, Seattle's a better offense on the road than at home. We all know that, but there they are up in Detroit getting bet against in all three games of that series. I think there's a good chance that we see Indians money in all three games of this series here. Maybe not as much on Saturday with Yusei Kikuchi and Tristan McKenzie, but I think the Indians will get the benefit of the doubt here in this series. So we'll have to wait and see how big their lines are but as I said, both of these teams looking like negative regression candidates as we go forward here. So I covered a lot of ground on the show, as I always do. Skating tripods at gmail.com to get the notes for the betters box. So email me, get on the list for that. And of course, you'll hear another edition of the show coming up here on Monday. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.